What's going on, everybody? It's another wonderful week. We are here, Focus TV. We got Octavia Wyatt, Cardell Dudley, Wilson Tarpey Jr. We got Dama Rowe over here on social media. So we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I guess I don't even know where we want to start. Uh, Alley <laughs> Field last week was amazing. I think I called everybody I know to tell them how much I enjoyed it. The only part I didn't enjoy was the parking, but I get over that. It, it was just, it was $500 million well spent. Mm. Hey, look, and it smelled I like hey, when you walked in, it smelled like money. I mean, like it's the, all you felt like the paint didn't surprised. dry yet. It just, everything was just great, man. I just but, want uh, one mil. I don't need 500. Just look, man. It looked like it cost every penny, too. All I got to say, every single penny. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. If you follow us on social media, uh, then you already know what we're talking about. We got a missing segment, Pitts League playoffs, about to hit the championship games. Talk about that. Obviously, DC United, as I just mentioned. Um, and we got a little rapid fire later on. But before we started, Cardell, I know you wanted to shout out a special group of young men. Uh-oh. Oh, for sure, man. We want to give a special shout out to Team Takeover. Uh, they completed a historic season on the Nike EYBO circuit. Um, they won a PGM championship, finished the season 23-1, and which is unheard of. That's damn near, like, you know, on par with well, – well, it is. It's on par with the Warriors and well, the Bulls because they completed it. They won a championship with the Bulls. They – and um, – they did it without any player being named to the all EYBL team. Mm-hmm. You know, they did it. Don't get it twisted. Like, some of the players are highly ranked. Don't get it right. twisted. But what I'm saying is none of the players, it was a team effort. Mm-hmm. You know, they just – they just, um, and that's kind of, you know, Keith Stevens, the head coach, uh, MO, he wants everybody to play together. You know, nobody play above each other, play great team basketball, and, and, and just work as one cohesive unit. And they marched right all the way to, you know, the championship. Um, they were, you know, six nine four. Armando Bacardi. We talked about him before. Uh, he was named Peace Jam MVP at the averaging eleven point three points, twelve point eight rebounds, one point six assists, and one point four steals on fifty eight percent shooting, including fourteen points, fourteen rebounds, four assists, and two blocks Yikes. on six to eight shooting performance in the championship game. You know, so he uh, he's ranked twentieth currently. You know, he'll probably go up, and. Um, the thing I liked about it, he didn't go through any, you know, cupcakes to do it. He went through some top flight bigs to get it done. And and then this includes James Wiseman, who's ranked number one in the country by ESPN, Isaiah Stewart, who's ranked number five, uh, and finally Dante, who's ranked 10th in the 2020 class. He's going to be a junior. And Vernon Carey, who's ranked number two out of Florida, and Tracy Jackson Davis, who's ranked number 15. All of those are bigs that he's battling with right now, and he had a – perform against all those that average that double-double. So takeover could come out on top. So, um, you know, that, that you know, was a big-time just season, you know what I'm saying? They became, you know, they got off such to, to such a strong start that they became 100. And, you know, they withstood, you know, they withstood a barrage, man. So, you know, congratulations to them. Uh, bragging rights definitely resides here in the DMV <laughs> for now, you know what I'm saying? When we say we have the best, you know, talent, grassroots, can't really argue it no more. So, you know, respect enough. And they did it on a big stage. Big mm-hmm. stage. Big stage. Oladipo, you know, everybody in the building. That's a tight big stage. All right, on to the Mystics before we talk about, uh, you know, their road woes for those who have been following. Congratulations congratulations in order for Elena Deladon and Christy Tolliver. They were named um, 2018 WNBA All-Stars. Uh, the game is July 28th at 3.30 p.m. I hope you guys tune in to check that out. Um Mystics, after their last home game, they're playing 7-8 to eight on the road. Uh, the most recent game, they went to Atlanta. Uh, they lost by three. Uh, they got off to a hot start, but as 
you know, been kind of a theme this year at times. The Mystics get off the hot starts and don't sustain the leads. Uh, the Dream, we saw firsthand, uh, you know, just a week ago in person. That's a very talented team. They're trying. To, they're starting to find their way. A lot of length, a lot of athleticism. Angel McCautry has some young guns with her, and they're ready to go. Um, they stormed back in the second quarter to, to kind of even things up. And then it was all kind of, you know, the game went back and forth for a little bit. Uh, the Dream carved out a 10-point lead with about 5.26 left. Then the Mystics went on a big 11-2 run to get back into it. They had a chance with 13.9 seconds after Monique Curry got a, got a defensive rebound to uh, get the go-ahead bucket. Christy Tolliver's jumper came up short. You know, the foul game was played. Uh, the Dream ended up winning that game by three. Um, in that in that loss, you know, Elena Deladon became the fastest player to reach 3,000 points. So, you know, just milestones there. But uh, it's going to be tough. And the players knew this road, upcoming road trip was going to be real up next. They have the wings where uh, a certain player, uh, Miss Liz Cambage, uh, or Cambage, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm so sorry, Liz, but uh, she went crazy today. 53 points, mm. 17 to 22 from the floor, 15 to 16 from the line, 10 rebounds, and five blocks. They got the wings, the liberty, the sun, and then the dream again. And then when they return home on August 3rd, they got probably the, the rookie of the year and her mom ready to go. The Las Vegas Aces will be here uh, when they for that one home game out that eight-game stretch. So, Carter, your thoughts on, you know, that you know, the loss in Atlanta. They got to get their defense together. We keep talking about it, you know, throughout the series. I mean, throughout the season. Uh, that's how Atlanta walked them down. You know, they held in two wins over the Mystics. You know, they held Washington 40% shooting from the field and 35% shooting from three. So, even though the Mystics might jump out to a hard start or get hot somewhere in the game, mm-hmm. the Dream's defense is consistent enough to withstand that. They don't fold. They're mentally tough. They stick with what they do. And eventually they wear the Mystics down to the point where they just close them out. Now, the first game was a blowout. You know, last game was definitely winnable. But the edge goes to them because they they were tougher down the stretch and on that defensive end. That's why I don't understand why people just ignore defense a lot, man. That's what wins you games. Your offense don't have it going, which is always possible. You know, that's the thing that can sustain you until you can kind of get it going enough to win the game. And uh, right now, you know, that's where they struggle at. Uh, Just – just looking at, you know, I mean, I mean, the dream is just one of those matchups. It seems like every, like I don't care how good you are, it's a certain team that just yeah. match up with you well in the dream or that just with their length and you know the versatility and mm-hmm. athleticism. Like they really have no weaknesses, and the thing that they're strong at, they can kind of capitalize off of where the mixes are kind of weak. And that's at the you know, I don't want to say, I mean, I like Sanders, but if she you know if she she struggles against bigger physical centers. So if you have a big that's physical, that's athletic, that can run, that can do a lot of different things, you have an advantage down there. And then it's already held, it's always been held dealing with Angel, McCautry, and all those guys. Sykes, I mean, I mean, hey, yeah, all Hayes and all the Sykes, yeah, twenty. You see what I'm saying? So, and 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 here's the thing, the rookie uh, Ariel Atkins actually did a good job on um, McCautry. You know, they both canceled each other out, but the you know she McCautry being a vet and all stuff, yeah. she got the benefit of the calls. Whereas the rookie, she fouled out. So that's what hurt them. And, and that's why the game was still close. So the, the Mystics can beat them. But they have to they have to play a solid game on both ends. It can't just be like one moment we we have we got to go on the offense. All right, then we strapping up. 
then it might be a three-minute period where we're doing both. Then we fall apart in a different area. You can't do that against them because they definitely will be seeing them to try to move on to the playoffs, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's, that's like we've been talking about, as you said, with defense. Oh, yeah, that's the most frustrating part about it is you, you would imagine that a team that understands that they're at their best when they're playing great defense mm-hmm. would make sure that that part of that, mm-hmm. like that's the part of the game that they focus on that they have with them at all times. And, um, you know, just they, they've yet to put together 40 minutes of good defense yet this season. Mm-hmm. Um, despite that, they still have a, they still have a good record. You know, they still are where they are in the standings. But with this road trip, if they don't pack their defense, by the time they come home August 3rd, the standings could look dramatically different. Yeah, because there's a few teams on, right on their heels. And the other thing right now in this league, you know, while everyone's – it's kind of funny because while everyone's complaining about parity or the lack thereof in NBA, the WNBA, we're literally seeing it where every everybody – like nobody's having an easy season. Mm-mm. Like everybody on every given night, teams are losing to almost any and everybody mm-hmm. in that league. Teams that started slow, they're starting to find, find their way right now. And no one's been able to get far enough ahead of the pack where they have a cushion. So it's been exciting to watch. I'm sure it's going to be an exciting finish. Look forward to All-Star Weekend. But the Mystics definitely got uh, business to take care of on this uh, very, very long uh, road trip. You know, they're going to be living kind of the life DC United lived for a little bit. where they spending all their time on <laughs> Living the out of suitcase. Man, living out of suitcase for a little while. But they got a little break, you know, yeah. with the All-Star break. So it's no excuse. You know, they just got to get it done. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And that, that's the other thing. Is, it's not like... It's not like they can't. We've seen them before. You just got to get back in the groove and things. But, and that's, that's the tough part about, you know, any team learning how to win is being consistent at the things you get at, you know. So we'll see how that goes as they go forward. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We're going to talk about this uh, D.C. United inaugural match at uh, Audi Field thing. We'll be right back. You're watching the Focus TV. Welcome back to the Focus TV. As promised, we're going to talk about uh, DC United. We've been talking about them, you know, a little bit each and every week here and there. But uh, we're going to talk about them a little bit more now that they're going to be spending more time at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I've been telling you guys, we're going to spend the last 15 of the 20 games of the season at home in their new digs. Uh, right now, you know, they already played one. They won that game. They beat Van- the Vancouver Whitecaps 3-1. Uh, to one. It, was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty decent showing for the home side. Uh, they won their inaugural match. At Audi Field, three to one. Yamil Assad scored the first goal in Audi Field history, and it was a beautiful goal. Like it, it was a classy goal. It was tremendous. It was nothing but skill. Uh, shout out to, to Yamil because um, that was a perfect way 
to open a new building. Uh, someone, I think, I think O'Neal Fisher tried to cross the ball. Uh, it was, you know, it was deflected. Zoltan Steiber got the rebound, played it over to Yamil. Yamil didn't even take a touch to set it up. Literally one-timed it. But it was a type of touch that he used that made it so beautiful. Um, put it in the upper 90, just lofted it over the keeper. Uh, it was a very, very nice goal. Then, you know, DC United, after the, the energy that they came out with, kind of settled down a little bit. The game kind of got a little bit sloppy there um, between both teams. But in the 58th minute, what everyone's been waiting for, Wayne Rooney, uh, formerly of Manchester United and most recently Everton, he made his DC United debut, and he didn't disappoint. Uh, Paul Ariola, he's been here for a little while. They, they went out and got him last year. I think he's really going to be one of the players that benefits from Rooney's uh, presence up front. And it almost happened immediately. Ariola scored in the 69th minute, and that was literally 11 minutes after Rooney came into the game. And then he scored in the 89th minute. In the 69th minute, uh, you know, you, you started to see uh, some combinations, uh, combination play between both, be, really between the midfield, like Luciano Acosta, uh, Rooney up top, doing a little bit of, you know, being a target man at times, setting other folks up, really opening uh, the Vancouver back line up. And Ariola using... The great speed that he has took advantage of it. Um, his first goal, very nice. Took, took a touch to settle it down, then beat the keeper. The second goal was my favorite. Um, you know, Lucho got, I think Assad got the ball to Lucho. Lucho played it to Rooney. He passed it back to, um, he passed it back to Areola. Lucho initially looked like he was going to touch the ball, but he ran off it. A nice little dummy run. And Acosta, not Acosta, I'm sorry, Areola, put that ball in the far post. It was a beautiful strike. Um, and, you know, everybody went nuts. The building started rocking. Um, and it was a great way to kind of just open something that, you know, uh, black and red supporters have been waiting for this for 20-plus years. Um, you know, and it, and it was a good showing. As far as what Rooney brings, um, you know, some are surprised. I'm not surprised in the least bit about what he did that first game. Um, he's coming from one of the, you know, in terms of where you play the sport, one of the elite levels. Um, and this is not a knock on MLS at all, but, you know, you're coming from that level back to this one. Uh, this league's not quite there yet. And it's has been also said in the post-game presser, it's just a touch slow. For even with him, while he's not himself yet, I don't think he'll probably be fully like, you know, the Wayne Rooney we know and kind of like really get in his bag, start playing with a little bit of flair here and there, probably for another few games. But just simple, just, you know, we talk about basketball IQ, just, just knowing the game. He made it easier for his young teammates. And the fact that you have to account for him at all times, because this is one of the, you know, one of England's greatest goal scorers. There's a reason, there's a reputation that follows him. You can't just leave him for other people. Mm -hmm. So it's going to open things up for the youngsters. And Areola, after moving inside from playing out wide earlier this year, he's going to make a living if he understands that the space Rooney gets, he's going to be free to run. There is one moment in the second half where Rooney played the ball to Areola, and I don't think Paul realized how open he was. He played the ball out like, uh, he played the ball up top to Lucho, but while it was a good pass and I could see where, you know, what Paul was thinking was a good idea, he didn't understand that when Rooney played him that ball, as fast as he is, it was going to be one-on-one -on -one between Areola and the keeper. As this young team realizes what Rooney does for them and in turn what he can, what they'll do for him, uh, you know, I think I expect the attack to continue to improve and they should be able to make some noise down the stretch. But again, you know, game by game basis, they got a tough one this week. They travel to Atlanta. That's Emil Assad's former club. That's where he's on loan from, um, and that's that's a very very talented team. Uh, but I expect uh, people to not like playing this version of DC United as the weeks go on, and definitely I don't think uh, opposing teams are going to like 
playing in Audi Field. I think it's going to be a good home field advantage. Um, you know, and I look forward to how that goes. So they got Atlanta this week, then the following Wednesday, they will return home. So we're going to go and head to see what we have for this week. Jamal Hayward on the 9-4-50 breakdown. Tim Hardaway between cross. Look forward to this. We'll catch you guys on the other side of the break right after the 9-4-50 breakdown. You're watching The Focus TV. Welcome, welcome back. And again, I um, want to say thank you to Jamal Hayward of 9450 for another wonderful week of the Breakdown Series. All right, so the Pitts League, uh, you know, we had a commissioner here leave last week uh, talking about the postseason. We are here. Championship games. The championship mm-hmm. games are set on both the men's and women's sides. Uh, we got all-star games this weekend as well. So we're ready for the conclusion of the Pitts League season. Uh, Cardell, we were in the building this week. At least I think I was with you on Sunday, uh, not on Saturday. But uh, what, what did you think of the road uh, to the finals? How, how did these teams get there? Uh, a lot of underdogs. I think this is the year the underdogs pushed through. Um, you know, they came ready to play. Uh, you know, on the women's side, Black Lives Matter. Uh, when I first saw them in, a, in the first round, I was just like, you know, they scrappy. They played well together. Um, they got a lot of guards that could do a lot of things for us. You do the dirty work, and I just felt like they would be a problem. So when they knocked off Team Anonymous, which was the top seed, I like they got a chance. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know the thing was they went up against another top, um, you know, tough team, uh, the Vets. So yeah. when they went up against the Vets, I wasn't sure if the Vets' experience would knock them off, and they pulled through. And, my, and the reason why they pulled through because they couldn't guard one player. Brittany Burgess, um, she just kind of came on the scene. I mean, I even asked Rod about it. Like, I, she, she just came. I didn't know who she was. And, and he, he hadn't really seen her play because, you know, he'd be all over the place yeah. trying to make sure the league is running right. And even in the, you know, the first round on Saturday, it, it was ugly. Like, she, she plays like Jamal Crawford, you know, when he was with LA, LA at the Clippers, like yeah. bring him in, let him go to work. And that's, the, that's been the difference. Like, no one can guard her. You know, she's sliding him out the gym. Full court, they trying to trap her. She dribbling through the traps, crossing them over, throwing it, getting it back. She can score. She get the jumper. I mean, she she killed so much. You know, I told Rob about her. He he. So he sat down, and watched her, and um, she came down there and then out behind the back, pull yeah. up jumper, and then me and Rob just looked at each other. He was just raised eye about like I told you, you know, like so. Uh, she's been the difference. Um, you know, I know. Uh, 
you know, Danae Hill for, you know, uh, Renee Stone got the MVP. Mm-hmm. But as far as the run through the playoffs right now, it's Brittany Burgess. So they, you know, don't sleep that they're the AC. They they have every bit of a shot like Renee Sean to pull this out. So it's definitely the game to watch. And I recommend people come see her play. She's special. Um, I, I quickly looked her up. You know, I, um, she started at VCU. Then she um, finished up at UNBC. So she's a problem. Six foot with with those type of skills, man. It's been child's play, honestly. And then on the men's side, you got the defending change. Yeah, and all small. You know, led by, you know, J-Dub, who's, who's a walking bucket, mm-hmm. you know, funny as hell, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's he's, he's hilarious, man, but he, you know, he's a cool dude. Um, you know, Mo Creek, since Sniper, you know, played the Indiana GW, doing this overseas now. Um, I think he may not be playing next week because, you know, the, the basketball tournament is yeah. going on, so he might be away, which is a big blow for them. Mm-hmm. So they might have to call in some reinforcements. And, you know, baseline basically led by sharpshooter Troy Dockett, and, um, you know, Jimmy Howells, who had a 23 points in the win over the, um, the Young Kings, who were without Chris Howard, which was a big blow. And, you know, sometimes that's part of the battle. If, if the key guys can't make it, somebody, you know, you, you might not make it. It's simple as that. So, yeah, so that's why, you know, you had no one J&R's mom versus number six baseline. So, you know, baseline, you know, talking trash, you know, after the game. I told, I told you, Rob, we was going to get to the championship. We're going to get this. So, you know, we're going to see if they can pull it off. But Jay and all the defending champs have been in the last two years, so it's not going to be easy. Yeah, uh, we were talking about Brittany earlier. Uh, the block shots. She does really, it all, man. Like, good guy, she was punching shots. She, do, she does it all. And, <laughs> and, and that's the thing I love that I'm seeing with the, um, that Rob is ahead of the game than the other seven leagues. Like, the women's division is getting stronger and yep. stronger. It's getting real. You know, so, so you, you can kind of see it. So, exactly, it's only been two. They expanded again. Real, I mean, I think I saw one girl, uh, uh, you know, she's new this year. She played with uh, the oh, Maryland Jews. Oh, okay. She just got signed to the WABA. So, the, you know, the, for people that don't know, the ABA has a, you know, women's league now, you know, and she just got signed off of playing in a piss league. So, it's, it's creating opportunities, which is huge, man. That's what I feel always some of these should be about. I mean, it's cool, you know, guys that's already professionals to come back women to come back and, you know, stay in shape or whatnot. But it's also a chance for people who may not are looking for an opportunity. Hey, if I, if I shine against this player that's already over there, you know, take a look at me. So it might right. be a job for them. So, you know, Rob kind of doing it the right way. You know, not kind of. He is. He's doing it the right way, and it's expanding. It's growing. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm happy to just, you know, see it flourish. All right. Uh, the other thing I know, as you mentioned, he's talking about uh, with Mo Creek possibly not playing. Mm-hmm. Um Last week, I feel like a dude stepped up a little bit for them. Yeah, that was I didn't even see him the last couple of games. I saw him play. Maybe he did play all summer. Yeah. I just didn't see him. But well, I don't know about that. I was just about yeah. last week. But he did. Yeah, he, he stepped up for them um, quite a bit. So I mean, it might be an opportunity for him. I look forward to that matchup between him and House. Right. That's gonna be fun. Gonna be some furniture moving down low. Uh, those guys have no. They like being down there. Enjoy being down there. Mm-hmm. Two athletic dudes. It's, it's gonna be fun. Um, and I'm interested to see uh, how much J-Dub's going to go for. Yep. <laughs> you know, with Creep. I mean, you're laughing, but I'm, you know. You're going to have to put up like, points. Yeah, and that's the thing. Because like, they, they rely on two youngsters, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're real young. Um, one, I recall, just graduated. I think he played at Central a couple years ago. Um, and then another kid, I think he might still be in high school. I'm not sure. So they're relying on youngsters to play key minutes. So he, he's going to have to, you know, kind of step it up. Hey, man. Definitely got some opportunities coming up for them, and can't never knock that. I tell you who you got to, you know, who, who you got to win it all on both sides. I mean. Put the pressure on you. I mean, you always got to go with the champs for now. 
um, I can't, you can't really knock them. Like, like you said, they're there every year. Um, if they're not winning it every year, they're there every year. And um, I like the fact that, like you said, like playing in the pits gives a lot of them different opportunities all over, you know, the state, the country, overseas, and everything. Because you see a lot of players that started out in the pits league and, you know, even the players that's been playing there for a while, they start to notice them and they start to put them on their teams on other places. Um, like, I still remember, uh, gosh, what's his name? Reggie, when he first got into the league, and he, I think he was a rookie of the year that year, and now he's playing with, Reggie Sanders, yeah. yeah, and now he's playing with um, with Ojo and them in the, in the, in the TBC, isn't he with them in the yeah. TBC? He's and playing he with them. With in the, Sanders, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm saying, so I'm like, just to see people like, you know, a lot of people may not have known him starting out, but to see him go from, you know, rookie yeah. of the year to still, like, people that's been around for a long time taking notice and putting them with him like oh this kid can ball like I think that's amazing number one but yeah you can't knock the champs like I'm I, I'm, I'm kind of you know of course I, I love a good underdog story <laughs> I do I'm not the one that always but I've seen it firsthand like three years in a row so it's kind of hard to go against the champs but you know the bigger they are the harder they fall so you know you never know with the underdogs all right, um, Cardell, who you got winning on both sides? Um, oh, and then for the girls, I'm going to just go ahead and say Renee Strong because I've known Danae my whole life. Okay. Like, I used to play with her when we were a lot younger, and uh, she's been a bucket since we've been, like, eight. So uh, I'm just going with her just off of GP. Okay. <laughs> Cardell? Uh, for the men's. And Mo Cree pull off a miracle. <laughs> I'm rolling with them. If not, it's going to come down to who, who scored more between yeah. J-Dub and uh, Troy. Yeah. You know, and Troy stepped it up. He won the leading scores right along with J-Dub. So, I mean, I expect them to go at it to see, you know, they're going to have to, hey, they're going to go for it. So, I, I really can't call it. But Mo Cree play, I got them. If not, it's a toss up. It's 50-50. Um, and a women's man. I might go with the upset. <laughs> Virgin special, man. And the way you're loud, look, the way Black Lives Matter scrapping and stuff, yes. like, they not just winning. They, they beating the hell out of it. Like, it's not even really close. I don't, even though the score might be close at the end, it's not really close. And, uh, man, they the way they scrap, and then they they got that one person, all else fails, give her the ball. <laughs> now, if she don't play, it might get ugly. But if she plays and do what she got to do, hey, man, I, I, I'm going with them with the upset. I, I'll roll with them. Before we roll on a rapid fire, uh, I'm going with Coach Bullock and Brittany with Black Lives Matter. I'm not messing with that at all. Uh, I love how they trap. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. You know it's coming, but it's a hard trap. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it's going to wear down on you. You're going to turn it over. Mm-hmm. And when they get out the running, yeah, that's when they kill you. <laughs> man, and everybody, whoever gets a rebound, they're gone. They're just gone. Um, I'm with Octavia, I guess, until proven otherwise. I'm going to give JR's mom the benefit of the doubt. Also, we can't knock off whatever move GM might make. <laughs> you right about that. You, you never know, know who's going to show up in the gym. Here. Yeah. We never know who might show up in Mo Creek's yeah, place. Exactly. Just saying. They probably done cloned him, and he's going to be in one place <laughs> they playing there. They, they, the <laughs> they, 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 they might find their boogie for this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. So, it's so proven otherwise, I'm going with them, but. Uh, definitely impressive, impressive one by baseline. Uh, before we roll, yeah. um, a lot of awards were put out for the yes. Pistley. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read them off. Uh, on the women's side, Danae Hill, you know, she was named Women's MVP. Uh, Sadia Doyle from Team Anonymous was named Defensive Player of the Year. 
Lauren, Lauren Cooper from Team Anonymous was named X Factor Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, Tejanay Malone from the Hawks was named Rookie of the Year. Uh, guy you just mentioned, Ben Bullock was named Coach of the Year. Black Lives Matter. Regular season champs was Team Anonymous, number one seed. Six, they went six and one. And the scoring champ was Raven Gerald um, from Team Anonymous. She averaged 24 a game. Mm-hmm. On the men's side, MVP was the guy we we're talking about, Jamal J. Dub Brown from Jane Osmob. Uh, defensive player of the year, cool big man Pierre Johnson. Um, six man X Factor, Maurice Creek from Jane Osmob. Uh, Daniel Brown from Young Kings was most improved. Rookie of the year was Travis Berry, Virginia Pride. If y'all remember, that's the kid that hit the game winner. That yeah. you know, we posted that game to knock off Sam's Ballers. Coach of the year, Byron Byron Wyatt, coach for baseline. They made it to the championship games of six seed. They well deserve. Uh, regular season champs, Jay and Osma finished five and one. And uh, the scoring champion, that same dude, rookie of the year, Travis Berry, he averaged twenty six point nine points a game. That's tough. Um, yeah, when he us around up, he's giving that twenty seven right. Now. He, we round right. up in here. I'm rounding up for him. And, it's, it's twenty. It's twenty seven. You good? Yeah, and you know, he named all stars too. So, okay. and I'm and I'm happy for us that you know, uh, the show will be representing one team. The focus it would be the focus versus the huddle. Yep. All star game for the men's and women. So shout out to Rob for doing that. That's a, that's a great honor. The all-star roster for the women for us, Team Focus, is Natalie Harris, Maryland Jewels, uh, Danielle Prey, Maryland Jewels, Danielle Forrest, Maryland Jewels, Sadia Doyle, Team Anonymous, Raven Gerald, Team Anonymous, Lauren Cooper, Team Anonymous, Kalika Francis, the Vets, and Danielle Jones from the Vets on for Team Huddle, Tejane Malone, the Hawks, Amaya Yancey, Hawks, T. Green, the Hawks, Ebony Edwards, Concrete Playground, Jasmine Bird, Concrete Playground, Jakina Williams, Bird Gang, Destiny Jernigan, Bird Gang, and Jasmine McDonald, Bird Gang. And on the fella side, for us, the focus, you know, we have Devin Sweeney from Young Kings, Daniel Brown from Young Kings, Justin Bino from Young Kings, Rodney Clark, Rich Grills, Ray's Hunt, Rich Grills, Devontae Thomas from Rich Grills, Jerome Jones, Not Me Entertainment, Todd Green, Not Me Entertainment, Julius Brown, Sam's Ballers, and Rock Lee Vaughn from Sam's Ballers. And then for the Huddle Show, D'Angelo Vaughn from Black Power, Chris Davis from Black Power, Scott Williams, Virginia Pride, Travis Berry, Rookie of the Year, leading scorer, Virginia Pride. He's also with Team Huddle. Cal Gonzalez from Virginia Pride. Darrell Armstrong from the bottom of the five. Savion Ward, bottom of the five. Hugh Jones, Baby Shaq from Core. Isaiah Dickinson from Core. And Pierre Johnson, Defensive Player of the Year for Core. It's going to be a good game. Congratulations to all of the 2018. League All Stars and looking forward to two great uh, championship games yep. this weekend. That being said, man, we about to get into rapid fire. So, uh, yeah, what you got for us go. this week, sir? Okay, you know. means I can close my notes now. There was a notebook. <laughs> oh man, so uh, Richard Sherman uh, was yeah. asked about you know what kind of ended the Seahawks run. He said mistakes and poor judgment. Yeah. Uh, his quote was, "I think it'll all come out when they do the thirty for 30. <laughs> But um, mistakes and poor judgment on things ruined what could have been a really special deal. They lost their way. It's as simple as that. They lost. They just lost their way. When you make too many mistakes over a long period of time, you kind of dig yourself a hole. And then when you backtrack, you got to make a bunch of rash decisions to try to fill that hole and hope that it holds up. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Why are you going to look at me? Because I want to hear your thoughts. It's your first. division, man. Come oh, on. man. Hey, look, all, all good things come to an end. Um, sometimes just <laughs> no run the more ball. legend of boom. Hey, sometimes just run the ball. Learn from us. We see five favorites. Run the ball. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we all saw this coming. It's no surprise. Like Sherm said, I do look forward to that 30 for 30. Because mm-hmm. with them type of dudes, they're kind of like really honest. The type of dudes that aren't there anymore. It's going to be fun. Look forward to that. But um, 
I mean, you can look at a couple teams have done that, and it's kind of changed. Like, it changed the way it changed their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, you take you take the dogs off their team. Um, you were cool when it helped you climb that mountain and get to where you needed to get to. Then after a certain point, you know, instead of just kind of riding with that as our culture and sticking with that, you know, you try to change and acquiesce to other things and other people, so to speak. And you know, it's hard to it's hard to deal with that. And it, the other the other part of it's kind of I'm sure to those guys that you kind of built that on. It feels like you turned it back to them. Um, so you know, I, I think that I think it's something with Seahawks management really, really, really screwed the pooch on this one. And um, I mean, the good thing is they still got Russell Wilson. Still got one of the best players in the NFL. Um, but yeah, when you look at what you could have had, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. But I, tell you. Uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, I've seen something similar, not as on their scale because they won a championship when they were all there. Um, but as far as, you know, it was kind of the same thing that happened to my team. You know, when Chip Kelly came in, you know, instead of riding with the people they had, they started switching stuff up. A lot of people started going different places. And then out of nowhere, it was kind of like, what's going on? Thankfully, they were able to get it together. But, um, yeah, I think like you said, too, like we kind of seen it coming. All things come to an end to a certain extent. And I definitely will be watching that 30 for 30. I'm going to put that on my uh, DVR to keep that because um, – yeah, because I, I would really be interested to see how they really, really feel without having to be political about it. Um, to hear, you know, Earl Thomas and, and Richard Sherman, and even to see how Russell uh, Wilson feels about it. Um, and especially if they if they throw Marshawn in there, I'm definitely going to tune in for that. So, uh, um, I, I, you know, like you said, you know, kind of saw it coming, but all things come to an end. Cardell? I'm rolling with what y'all say, but it, one thing I just want to point out: sometimes um, you can outsmart yourself yep. with decisions. And I'm talking about that from the front office and culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you do that, it's hard to get that trust back. You mm-hmm. know, once, I mean, it takes forever to build trust, but once it's destroyed, it's hard to build that back up. And honestly, I don't even think Russell Wilson did anything wrong. He's just professional. I think he caught in the crossfires because he was, in a sense. Uh, with the front office and coach were trying to push out when their yeah. identity was Marshawn and that defense. Mm-hmm. That's where, I mean, and it was. And the, and the fact that they weren't in tune with that speaks volumes. And that's kind of where Richard Sherman was getting at. Yes, he became an all-pro quarterback, but he's one of many pieces that made that thing work. And I just feel like a lot of coaches and GMs outsmart themselves trying yeah. to be geniuses when – a lot of times it's just real simple. Run the ball, like you said. Just get a ball to Marshawn. If, if they stopped them three, four times, you, hey, you shake the Patriots' hands, y'all, hey, hell of a stand. You just got to take that air. But when you outsmart, I mean, and, and then that happened, they never recover from that. And, 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 and chemistry and belief and stuff in one another is so fragile, especially mm-hmm. at that level, especially in the NFL where at any given moment – like Jalen Rose always say this, man, you might as well write NFL contracts on toilet tissue. Because <laughs> them things go up fast. Because it don't mean nothing. They, I mean, once you get your bonus, rest of that is whatever. They can rip it up at any time and just treat you like trash. So, I, I, I mean, that's just what it is. And, and that's what he coming at, man. They they made a mistake. And I'm rolling with Richard Sherman's side because just because you, you get it, you get high, and you become a contender, you win a Super Bowl, you get there a few times – it may be a long time before you get back. And uh, I'll bring that up. I'll, you know, bring out, you know, the Bulls. They always had drama with Jerry Cross and their front office. To this day, the Bulls don't like to pay players. You just saw what Zach Levine tried to go through. Yep. They wouldn't – I mean, they wasn't even trying to pay Jordan. 
until he had a strong on him. I'm like, you got an album, I'm going to move to the next. You know, he had to say that. And that's when they started paying him the $30 million and everything for years, all the way up until 96, 97. He was only making $2 million a year. He was underpaid all those years. But year, but meanwhile, the league and other teams are making billions off of him. You see what I'm saying? So that just tells you what it is. And the Bulls haven't been really back since, other than the Derrick Rose years, which was short-lived. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, you know, like like you said, we'll make an interest in 30 for 30. And hopefully everybody participate, man, and, and is honest, which and I, I doubt it. I piggyback on the Zach Levine thing. Like, it was to the point where they don't believe, like, players don't think the Bulls play, play, pay players. Mm-hmm. He told some of the Kings at Summer League, he was like, I'm going to see y'all soon. <laughs> like, when they extended that offer to him, like, oh, like, the Bulls ain't paying this. And it's like, oh, okay. But, yeah, carry on, sir. Next question. <laughs> hmm. Le'Veon Bell, man. His agent, uh... He said his agent came out after, you know, the contract talk stalled, said, you know, practical reality, this is Le'Veon Bell's final year with the Steelers. Um, you know, he said confirmed that the lack of a deal shortly before the 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline and said that the writing is down the wall for his client future with the Steelers. So what, how do y'all, what y'all think about that? Um, I think cause I have a little bit of a mixed feeling about it just because I feel like, you know, Le'Veon has come out and said, like, you know, I wanted to – finish my career in Pittsburgh and, and, and all this stuff. stuff. My thing is, you know, of course, I, I still think that part of it goes back to, like, NFL players and NBA players. Like, I really feel like NFL players are hunting for NBA money. And then because they're not getting it, they're trying to figure out how they can get it. That's a good point. So, like, they're like, you know, I'm a commodity for you guys. I bring in so much money. Like, why am I not able to get a long-term deal for this much money? And so I think, um, you know, to me, it's the reason I have mixed feelings about it because on one hand you're saying, like, I really want to be here for, you know, the rest of my time. But on the other hand, you know, you still got to be a businessman about it and, you know, get your word. So I get it. But I'm still kind of like I don't know if it's really going to be over because I can't really see, you know, the Steelers really, like, just letting him walk out the door. Like, I, I mean – I, I mean, crazier things have happened, so I won't be surprised if it happens. But, you know, to kind of come out in the open before the season starts to be like, yeah, this is probably going to be my last season, I just think that's something that, number one, they probably should have kept to themselves. I don't think it was, a, you know, I'm sure people were thinking it anyway, but to come right out and say it, you know, I just think you probably should have kept it to yourself. But it is what it is. Um, but, yeah. Well, I believe this is the second time I'm about to be in the franchise tag, yeah. right? Going to NFL, you can't be a third time. I believe everything he said, he's not going to be there again. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's it. Um, and that's what you said about 100 for NBA money. I'm right there with you, and they need to, the first place they need to look at is that union. You know, that's one of the biggest differences between the NBA and the, the NFL or even the MLB. The players' union compared to the NFL are leaps and bounds uh, above this. Because um, it's crazy because some quarterbacks get paid crazy money for things they've never – they've never done mm-hmm. and won't deliver on because of the position, um, which again, go back to your union. Look at what Odell's going through with the Giants. It's a no-brainer to pay that man. Yeah, but from a business standpoint, like this is the sad part. I can see why a team won't commit to anything you don't have to. There's nothing pushing you to do it because you get a franchise tag. The NBA, you know, push come to shove, you can't franchise them. When, when that deal runs up, you're short. You trade him for something or lose him for nothing. Mm-hmm. The NFL owners don't have to worry about that. Oh, yeah. Here's a tag, buddy. Here's another tag, buddy. Then you can do stuff like limited snaps. You can do all types of stuff to mess with, you know, mess with players. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but right. 
that's the difference with NFL players, man. They, their union got to step up. And um, just kind of piggyback off you, well, the NBA years ago made that stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like the NFL had their chance last year with the they Kaepernick knee thing, and they ain't do it. They ain't come together. Everybody had their little agendas, and they broke through, and I'm like, y'all messed up now. Now, they, now these owners that are proven to be racist and everything and wanted to be one way are going to double back and cover their tracks and make sure it would be ten times harder for y'all to try to make a stand next time. You know, because what guys in the NBA did, Bill Russell, Jerry West, they knew the TV deal. They, the NBA wanted that TV money. What they did was they called them in the All-Star game. They mm-hmm. came in there like, why aren't y'all addressed? Oh, we not going to play until y'all uh, give us free agency and all that, give everything we needed. Huh? You know, we ain't doing that. You know, we, we got TV deal on the line. That's not our problem. You know, some guy, hey, salary guy increase and everything, Bill Russell, all of them, everybody was on both sides. They were just chilling in the locker room in their suits. Like, it's on y'all, man. Y'all got about 15 minutes before we bounce. <laughs> NBA said, oh, yo, we need the money. Went right in there, told the team, yo, y'all can have whatever y'all want. They signed it on the paper right then and there. Okay, let's go. Let's go who, fellas. Bill Russell won MVP. It was that simple. And that's how these players are eating now. It started with that. NFL players got to do the same. But back to the Le'Veon Bell. Hold on, man. Over 1,200 yards, almost 1,300 yards. Yep. Average four. Um, your own, a carry. Nine touchdowns, 85 receptions. Arguably the greatest, the best running back in the game. Okay. And you're going to risk losing that for nothing. And on top of that, you're going to go in this season with him clearly pissed off. Mm-hmm. The teams see that he's pissed off. So, and, and, and what a lot of these teams don't realize, when you do it to one player, the rest of the league is watching. So why would I come play for you? Mm-hmm. So that will hurt you down the line. So you better hope you draft well, you know, because now you're not going to win. And then it, it caused friction where now – Le'Veon Bell, and I, I'm not accusing him enough. I don't even know if he's this type of player. He can be trying to get his and make sure he does get paid next year. You see what I'm saying? Or what if he don't get a play call when he feel he should? Now he's looking at the, like he looking at Tomlin different. He looking at Ben different. This this causes an unnecessary distraction where they trying to compete for a Super Bowl, and this dumb situation can can mess them up as far as trying yeah. to get to the Super Bowl, and it's unfortunate. Oh, pay the man. He's, I mean, he's earned it. Like, he's been consistent for his whole career. I don't mm-hmm. read the numbers. You read it just from the running. You I know what I'm saying? I say 85 receptions. Oh, I'm sorry. I say 85 receptions. I mean, you know, he almost, uh, come on, man. He's a running he's back slash wide receiver. <laughs> and like, get paid half a one. Like, even what's it called? You remember last year against the Jags? Yeah. Okay, Martavis Bryant made a few big plays. Le'Veon was down the field stretching that defense. You know, that's one of the few places you can take advantage of. Week after week, we see this dude. Doing multiple things for you, man. You can but come to Philly. It's cool. That's the thing for the NFL. I mean, we got like yeah, 75 million. The Warriors in the NFL. Hey, we got like 75 million next year. I'm here for it. I'm right here with you. You ain't even got to move far. Hey, I tell you, I'm right here with you. Hey, look, it's sunny out there. You can do what you want. No, no, I don't know about that. You don't even got to. bags at home. I'm just saying. They're going to throw crazy bags at home. I was like, you don't even have to move far. The reason I'm not mad at him, because this franchise just fit in your face. That's what I'm saying. you do. Second time. And if he said, like, he's better than me because if he sat out the year, Oh, he's sitting out training camp already. I wouldn't even be mad. I'm going to stay healthy. You know, like, all right, that's his, how y'all want it. Like okay. he said, it'd be just like he'd be a rerunner last year. He did the same thing last year. Right. I'll come to work when I'm ready, and y'all going to play me when I'm ready, too. Uh, last question, sir. What you got for me? I'm going to stick with football. Okay. Uh, former Giants uh, head coach Ben McAdoo <laughs> came out and said, I let Odell Beckham down. His full quote is, form, uh, his, his, uh, he said the one thing he didn't do, uh, he didn't realize is that he didn't connect with the star wide receiver enough. He said, I learned I need to handle players and work with players better. 
Um, I needed to be better for him personally. As a coordinator and head coach, I was too busy trying to scheme ways to get him the ball, especially early in my time in New York, that I didn't step back and see the big picture the way I should have. Odell's so passionate, cares so much that that emotion hurts him at times on game day. I, I should have seen my job. Odell was more than simply X's and O's. It was also helping Odell, the person. He is not only a generational talent, but also bright and well read, and I let him down early in his career. I will not make that mistake again. Thoughts? I give him props for admitting his faults, number one, because a lot of those colored people wouldn't say those <laughs> type of things about the other colored people. So I never want to say you that. Call them colonizers. <laughs> the Anglo Saxons, I'm sorry. So, um, I, I, I mean, because I think that's real. Like, I really feel like that that's probably, I think, to me, in my opinion, like, I just think that there's a big disconnect between, like, the culture of like coaches and then the players like you have those play those coaches that are connected to the players like within their culture where they can speak to them on a certain level and get a good response out of them as opposed to the the other coaches that can't you know like I feel like that's why I watch hard knocks I watch hard knocks every year just to see how like the coaches are with the players how the players are with the coaches I watched the show on Oh my gosh! I think it was on Amazon. I was like all, all or nothing or something. Yeah. It was about the Cowboys, yeah. and I hate them, but I still watched it. And I was actually surprised at how much like Jason Garrett is engaged with them. Like you know, like he speaks their language. So I feel like that it's coaches' jobs to be able to relate to their players, to know what their players are good at, and to know what makes it work. Um, I think it's a. That's why I think coaches get paid the big bucks. That's what you get paid to do. Um, and I think that, like he said, there is a big disconnect there. And, I mean, it's a good thing that he acknowledges it and realizes that it's some changes that need to be made. Um, so, hopefully they don't do too well. But I like Odell, you know. But I don't know about them playing this. But, you know. Cardell, then I close up. Um, I feel the same way. Some coaches are still kind of stuck on the old school ways where it's like, it's, gonna, it's my way to highway 100%. Yeah. You ain't got no choice. It's a different day and age now, man. You got to relate. Like, one great example, I go to basketball side, Greg Popovich. Um, I remember when he drafted Tim Duncan, he could have easily been like, you're a rookie, you don't know nothing. Come in here and show me what you got. First thing he did, he flew down to where Tim Duncan was from and just to get a feel for him, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, took him out to dinner. He done that with countless players throughout the years where, let's go go out to dinner. He's he, That picture earlier, him and Kawhi beefing, you know, the friend. He, you see the picture, he and they with Kawhi alone just talking. That that brings the guard down, and you you see more of the human side from both of them. So when you do come together in those heated moments, and y'all talking and whatever like that, it, it's no friction. Y'all can come together, and, and y'all understand where each other's coming from. Even if one person might be a little hostile, you feel like even a couple of years ago when Kawhi did something dumb and, and Greg Popovich yelled at him, you know, really got lit into him, and all Kawhi was like, okay, he just walked. Most players would have would have, but would have Popovich wasn't that cool of a coach. It would have been a totally different reaction. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you gotta you gotta relate to the players. You gotta understand them. It's not the '60s, whatever, '50s, whatever. It, it's a new day, and the best coaches did that. Phil Jackson did that. You when you relate to the human side, players even go to bat for you even more. Mm-hmm. They feel like you give a damn. Mm-hmm. Whereas, suppose I'm just a player out here, you know, just going going hard and out here, and you don't care. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, but as a coach, sometimes you gotta be hard on. Sometimes you don't. But it all evens out. So. I'm, I'm glad he can't claim to that realization, and hopefully he'd be better for it. 
just to piggyback off of like you said about Popovich, like he did the same thing with Lamarcus too recently. Yeah. You know, with Lamarcus saying like, well, maybe I ain't the right fit for y'all. Like, it, obviously something ain't working. He, you know, he sat down with him and was like, you know what, you're right. I've I've been looking at it all wrong, and I'm trying to make you something that you're not. So let's get together on one page and, and figure it out. So I think that was a real good point to bring up Pop. We, they can learn from Pop on a lot of levels. I agree with you both about everything that you said. Um, I probably don't agree with the person who's saying it. I don't really believe anything that he's saying too much. Just because just a couple weeks ago he was out, you know, trying to drag the whole division and everything else. He's been acting real wild since he got fired. Um, but I hope, you know, like you guys said, he does get better for it. Um, but part of me, I'm kind of skeptical. Feels like somebody who's trying to make sure they cover their tracks to make sure they get another opportunity. I was going to say, so you can try to get another job. Just with the NFL. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but that's why I'm kind of skeptical, skeptical of it because, you know, we've seen this song and dance from coaches that get fired before um, when they've acted similarly. Then they come back and do the same thing again. But, you know, hopefully it's different for him. He's a little younger. He's one of the, you know, on the younger side of coaches. So hopefully he gets another chance. He means what he says and he learned from it. Uh, as always, before we close out, I need you guys to get over to FinalsMag.com. Get over to MyMinoSports.com. We'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place, right here on The Focus.